Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. We, the people, cannot turn back. Yeah, welcome in to another rousing rendition of Libservative Intellectual Idiots Fostering Political and Cultural Literacy. Bell the Body Snatcher on the ones and twos. He, as always, is Corey Walsh. And he's Dan Griffin. And uh, we have we're gonna have we have an interesting show tonight because this is one of those weeks where you know Michigan played the national championship. I'm not gonna play the fight song tonight, Corey, because we got oh. we, we don't want we don't want to hurt we don't want to hurt people's feelings and, or get oh. you know booted off of YouTube for violating somebody's copyright or whatever. You know we haven't yet, and we played that song quite a few times this year because you know we're national champs. Yeah, Corey Corey's Corey's got his overpriced hat. Damn straight, I he's do over, look at this beauty. He's over, Sing it. Price championship gear hat. Uh, I could, but I'm not going to. <laughs> the uh, the national championship that we are going to be told as Michigan fans is tainted from now until the end of time. Actually, or, I know the other fans will say it, but I just saw a headline pop up from ESPN. And ESPN loves Michigan, though. I will say this. As much of a Michigan fan as I am, they're very pro-Michigan biased. There's a lot of Michigan grads that work there. So let's take this with a grain of salt. Well, I guess the uh, the head of the NCAA said that Michigan won their national title fair and square. Okay. All right. So there's going to be mean, no asterisk. I'm a Michigan fan. Well, there, there will be an asterisk in the court of public opinion. Yeah, you're going to put your ass at risk and say that shit around me, bud. Don't be a Walmarter. <laughs> I know. I anyway, we're all happy here. I was hung over yesterday morning. I was up till 3.30 in the morning. Uh, celebrating the victory of uh, Michigan football, so but uh, we, we're not we're not going to rub it in. I know a lot of people, a lot of our listeners probably hate Michigan football because um, if you're not a fan, you're pretty much a hater. That's pretty much how it goes. So yeah. we'll let you we'll let you have your we'll let you have your 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 shitty moment of, of loser school. <laughs> they just hate us because they ain't us. Hate us because they ain't us. They hate yeah. us because they ain't us. They hate us because of an anus. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Matt says go blue. Thanks, Matt. We love you. Uh, anyway, we have, uh, an a I guess, an action-packed show tonight. We didn't do a nearly enough show prep, as I was saying, because uh, we were too busy celebrating Michigan's national championship victory. Um, however, we do have some stuff. We're going to go over. Oh, real uh, quick, I got, I got two things, actually. What do you got? What you got? Tell me uh, what you got. First off, it's, I know this is a sports podcast, but it's one more thing. Oh, have you so. noticed as... Michigan's gained a national, uh, like more national like recognition that you've seen people calling Michigan Big Blue. Have you seen that no. anywhere? I've no, seen people do it because Big Blue is Kentucky, so that's no, I know I don't like, but that. I've seen people talking about Michigan as Big Blue, and it pisses no, me dumb. off because <laughs> that's Kentucky. Just, and I know they're just words, but words are making me <laughs> mad. <laughs> Is that what you learned in school this week? 
No, I learned in school this week that uh, gender is like the Twin Towers. There used to be two of them, and now it's now it's just a sensitive subject. <laughs> is that seriously what you what I learned in school this week is? No. Well, tell the people where they can find us first before we get into uh, our open. What? That was so random. Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at libservativepod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. <sighs> Sounds What'd you good. learn this what week, you, Dan? What did I learn in school this week? I learned that even with inflation, and a teetering economy, particularly after people are trying to pay off their Christmas bills and all that stuff that we have going on usually every January, except maybe worse right now. Although gas prices are in a nice spot. Um, even with th- all of that, we still have zombie, rampant zombie consumerism. What am I talking about, Corey? I'm talking about this phenomenon that has nothing to do with the game of hockey. You know where I'm going with this? That these these Stanley Cups. Oh, <laughs> you said yeah. you saw this story where they put out the, yeah. where uh, Starbucks at the Target locations put out this like special edition like Stanley Cup mug thing. Marissa has one. She's had one for a while. And she enjoys hers, but she she kind of got on it before it was like super cool, I guess. Oh, she and, got or like everyone was like, "Oh my god, I want one of these." I need it was she she got hers when it was kind of like like starting to make its presence known on TikTok, and it's just amazing how like social media can st- like can control our consumer uh, uh, the way we consume in those ways. When you have people running over each other for a fucking tumbler that is the size of my thigh. Have you seen these women on TikTok carrying these stupid things around? No, Dad, but I've seen your thighs. (laughs) And what's next to them? Uh, (laughs) These fucking things are three feet long. They, I, I, I mean, I've seen the one that that my wife has, and it's just looks like a giant fucking. Like, what is so special about these cups, other than you were told by? weird rampant zombie consumerism culture that you were supposed to buy them i have like the old school thermos from like the 1970s that i still use on occasion to like pack hot soups and stuff for my um for my my day at work or whatever it's dis- it's disgusting it's ugly uh but it works and i just i don't know that was just what i learned in school this week as far as like no matter how bad the economy is, you're going to have rampant zombie consumer consumerism, regardless of how bad things get. Uh, in the post COVID goofy economy, yeah, it's like the words of the very, very mentally stable and wise person Tyler Durden that says, "The things you own end up owning you." Mm. You know that guy had a uh, so wise. So wise, so 100% mentally stable. (laughs) He did not have split personalities. What did you learn in school this week, Corey? Um, About polarity reversal. You ready? Mm -hmm. That 
the Earth's poles, the North and South poles, they move way more than initially thought. Like people were thinking that they might gradually move a little bit over time and stuff like that. But apparently that they, they move like ridiculously amounts of spaces from year to year. And what made me think about that was like, this was something that we just thought was just grounded based fact, right? That like, basic ain't science. Found shit. Uh, that like, oh, the poles, you know, it's north, south, they're here. You could go up there and you could see it and you might see Santa. But, uh, but what finding this out is like, we still don't know shit about our own earth and that no one should be dealing in absolutes. Because all they're doing is setting themselves up to be ultimately wrong. And if you don't, for, and like, if you don't force yourself to have a definitive answer, you don't have to deal with the cognitive dissonance or deal with the, the, the sour taste of eating crow. Now, why I say that, it's because everyone like always has to be first now with social media to have an opinion on something and run out and have an opinion before they even gathered all the facts about different things. And you can name a million and a half different scenarios and news stories and things that have happened that have ended up turning on its head. Like the one kid with the native Americans or, uh, um, Kyle. Well, hold on. Well, just, just extrapolate on that. You're talking about the, uh, the, the one kid uh, in the mega hat who was yeah, standing the, there and the native like was, it, was, like, it was it was it was in DC, right? And then like you had like the, the, they were there the, the Native American point. guy going up on him, beating a drum, and he kind of had a shit eating grin on his face. Probably because they didn't know that what the fuck to do. He's like 15. Yeah. yeah, yeah and then, or the yeah, Jesse blew, the Jesse yeah, Smollett story. Quick. You know, like those type of stories. Like you don't need to rush out and just have an opinion to try to be right to be on the right side of any sort of history or anything right away or any sort of like opinion or story sometimes just take a little bit of pause because here we are you know like north pole south pole this has just been common knowledge you know for what hundreds of years maybe not hundreds but a very long time and now all of a sudden we're realizing it's not exactly what it always was well it's like it's it's interesting you bring that up because i think i think that even just applies to something that we talked about just a couple of weeks ago like if we're if we're if we're in a situation i haven't i haven't read this story so i'm just kind of taking Corey's word for it here but i mean i don't think Corey bullshits us very often on this show except for when it's funny uh (laughs) but it even applies to even the thing that you just mentioned about like we don't understand shit about our earth but we have people like Greta Thunberg out there, we have this, um, uh, I guess I don't want at the risk of sounding super right wing, this, uh, like this climate agenda where, and we, we, I think we talked about this a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, like how arrogant are we to think that we can just take this planet down so quickly by just simply burning shit. You know, and now we have now we have more and more uh, evidence coming out with 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 ice core samples that the, the rise in CO two yeah. actually comes after the warming, which would which if that's true would mean that CO two doesn't cause warming, but actually warming causes higher CO two. So, you know that I mean I guess that that was just the kind of the direction I thought you were going to go with it but I'll pick up the slack for you Corey. Oh, I mean like <laughs> if, like if like if let's be honest like if the poles shift does that mean the equator shifts? Hey Dan, imagine uh, so. hey Bell, real quick. Hey Bell, Google if uh the equator shifts when the poles shift. 
Yeah, because the polls shift like crazy. Not Google. Duck, duck, goal. Um, <laughs> the polls changing has nothing to do with the equator moving because the equator mo- the equator is the spin axis of the Earth, which doesn't well, change. Well, isn't the poles... No, that's just the magnetic change in the Earth. The spin of the Earth does not change. Therefore, the equator does not change. Yeah, so so I understand what Bell's saying. When you, when the, the the you have you have so the poles are all about the electromagnetism of the Earth, not necessarily like where the axis points are. Correct. Exactly. Right. That's right. Okay. I yeah, feel like pole, I got that. The poles right. move uh, like from ninety nine to two thousand five as much as thirty seven miles in a year. Yeah. So that that doesn't have anything to do with like where we. Just- no, I know that. I was just wondering if the equator shifted in general. That yeah, that doesn't have anything to do with like where the where the where the I guess you would call it the tips of the actual spin axis are. It has more to do with the there ag- is, electromagnetic field. There is theories though that the Earth's axis has shifted due to climate change and glaciers because melting, of climate change and groundwater, of course, and you know all well, that's just stuff, making but, the Earth oblong. Like Guys, it doesn't no, even just, matter. It doesn't the matter. The equator has moved, but I, it's there's no proof of that. So it doesn't matter. The Earth is flat. Like what the? F- it doesn't <laughs> make it. I different. forgot. I forgot. Yeah, right. You're right, Dan. That's what I learned this week. <laughs> Bell, listen to us trying to be like fucking uh, scientists over here talking about. <laughs> we're we're bad at it. I, I think yeah, I know a little tell? bit. I'm listening to us all just sitting here, just mumbling through this. Like, yeah, the poles, you know, <laughs> the fucking magnetic shift, you know. It's oh, we do all crazy. say that. It was a crazy one this year, guys. We always say we're not experts. Bell, what did you learn in school this week? I filled you guys so, a little. Filled you so guys in a snails? little before the show. Yeah, freshwater oh, yeah. snails. Yeah, the they listeners purify, don't know. They purify the water. They're they're great, but they kill more people than crocodiles, sharks, and lions combined every single year. They kill almost as many people as mosquitoes do every single year. They kill over 200,000 humans every single year due to parasites and other things. And I think that's pretty alarming. Don't drink the water. Don't drink the water. Drink Gatorade. Drink whiskey gingers. Yeah. (laughs) I'm personally a whiskey water guy, but yeah, you know. I think we're safe in America, though. Do you remember? Snails, parasites in my whiskey. No, I'm just. (laughs) The parasites are like in Asia and South America. Yeah, they're not in America. Thank God. But but you remember the stories from like, like you you know how like when you when you when you'd read Shakespeare or you would read like the story of King Arthur or, or anything from back like like medieval times and before, right? There, there would always be discussions of like, why the fuck do these people drink so much beer and wine? It's because the water wasn't safe to drink. Yeah. yeah it turns out cool. that m- turns out that maybe the freshwater snails had everything to do with it. Uh, where did they get water from? What's the word? Um... Who? Not, not the reverse cist- osmosis. A cistern. A cistern. Yeah. Yeah. The copper cistern. That's why they yeah, use a lot of copper even, back then, because copper is a natural uh, anti. Uh, I'd say those don't even exist. Antibiotic anymore. or whatever. Antibacterial. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah yes, it's sir. a natural antibacterial copper. Something in it just yeah, breaks so down. Store water in there, and then everybody would go to the cistern and get their water, and 
And then somebody yeah. pours in the water hole. Do yeah. you think that our scientific discussion is maybe the dumbest of any podcast out there right now? No. Absolutely. Think I were not a scientist. <laughs> no, no because we don't, do, we don't do flatter as podcasts, so we have that going yeah. for us. 99% of the people we talk to, I'm just assuming... Are smarter than us. I would hope so. <laughs> but they're just as smart as us or less smart. Well, we're pretty average, pretty average Joes over here. You yeah, know, so that means that we're no, smarter like than about so. three and a half. Don't get bogged people. down by all the haters out like, there. I'd like to think that we're relatable. You know, like freshwater <laughs> kill a lot of dudes. You know, I can get along. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else is like, yeah, two hundred k. That's a lot of dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drink the water. In Asia. filter your water. Yeah, yeah, do it. yeah, in Asia or South America. No wonder why they're all running up here towards our country. This is the snail. Oh, Corey. What? Our top topic for this evening is something that makes me sad, but also makes me very, very happy. Vivek Ramaswamy, as he has done so well, absolutely getting into it with the media. Regardless of your feelings on Vivek, I have my issues with him. I think Corey does too. I think Bell probably does too. This man is not perfect. But in some ways, in, in the small ways where it matters, this gentleman gets it right. And I know this is really going to be really easy for me to say after I play the video that I'm about to play to you. Well, you would say that. You're a white man. But... Just listen to what this man has to say. Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, during, uh, I don't even remember where this first one was from. Uh, but 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 during, uh, what, what, honestly, what looks like a short interview in an airport absolutely goes after uh, the reporter that asks him what I would say is a gotcha question. Would you agree with that, Corey? Gotcha, a little bit of a gotcha question. I would say so. All right, here we go. Am I sharing? Is my screen up? Am I sharing this right now? Your screen is up. I can see it. All right, I couldn't see. I'm not. I'm not going to recite some catechism. So, did you hear the question? The question is, do you? Hold on. It has something to do with renouncing white white supremacy. Do you now? Do you denounce white supremacy? Which apparently is just a question you have to ask every political figure now from now until the end of time. I'm not, I'm not going to recite some catechism for you. I'm against vicious racial discrimination in this country. So I'm not pledging allegiance to your new religion of modern wokeism, which absolutely fits, fits the test. I'm not going to bend the knee to your religion. I'm sorry. I'm not asking you to bend the knee to mine and I'm not going to bend the knee to yours, but do I condemn vicious racial discrimination? Yes, I do. Am I going to play your silly game of gotcha? No, I'm not. And frankly, this is why people have lost Trust. And I know you're going to go print the headline tomorrow. I already know this. We already know how your game works. Vivek Ramaswamy refuses to condemn white supremacy because you asked a stupid question. The reality is <laughs> I condemn vicious racial discrimination in this country, but the kind of vicious and systematic racial discrimination we see today is discrimination on the basis of race in a very different direction. You want to know what the best way is to end discrimination on the basis of race? Stop discriminating on the basis of race. Do that and we're going to move this country forward. And I don't care whether you're black or white or brown or anything in between. That's how we're going to unite this country. You people have been responsible for dividing this country. What do you country. mean, you people? 
creating a projection mm-hmm. of national division. I meet people from the south side of Chicago to meetings like this one of every shade of melanin, multiple from man to woman, doesn't make a difference, who are hungry for reviving unity in this country. And you with your catechism that you try to get to politicians to whatever fake headline you're going to print on the basis of this conversation tomorrow, that's what's dividing this country for a break to a breaking point. Shame on you. Look people in the eye and tell them what you've actually failed to tell them for the last five years. Own the accountability for your own failures as the media. That's how we rebuild trust in this country. And until then, I don't have a lot of patience to play the games. So that is, I don't know who this broad is on our. Uh, it's for better help. So it's not an ad endorsed by Lipsert and Podcast. So, uh, yeah, it's not. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I have. Is it playing right now? I don't know. I don't hear it. Oh, no. Oh, no, we're good. Anyway, um, what I was going to say is this. I have issues with Vivek Ramaswamy's foreign policy. I have issues with... <laughs> it's like milk toast. It's pretty much just like, we're, we'll, we'll, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to sit down Xi Jinping. We're going to sit down Vladimir Putin. We're going to tell him this is how it's going to be. Like That's pretty much Vivek Ramaswamy's foreign policy. Uh, I, I I have other issues with him. I guess that would be uh, my I'll, foreign policy. I'm just going to talk to him. Let's see what they have to say. Pour up some vodka We're going to sit down. We're going to tell him that Amer- American hegemony is great. Um, but I, I'm sorry. Like Vivek Ramaswamy is to me, he's he's a guy that he's he's basically well articulated Trump. Like everything that Trump wanted to say in a in a well spoken way and couldn't. Um, in 2016 and especially in 2020 Vivek Ramaswamy actually does like like what are you doing so seriously like what is your agenda if you're a reporter and you catch Vivek Ramaswamy at an airport I honestly I don't know where the hell this was I don't really care I just loved his response and and your first question is like do you denounce white supremacy like what a stupid fucking question to ask any politician in 2024, who is training you to do your job? Because Vivek Ramaswamy's uh, response is, I denounce any sort, I don't remember ex- what his exact words were, but basically any sort of discrimination based oh, vicious, on race. Yes, I yeah, any sort of vicious racial discrimination. I, 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 go ahead, Bill. Say, what if I ask him that question and that's the exact answer that I'm looking for? It should be the exact answer that you're yeah, looking exactly. for. Because... Because because that's what happens, right? So you you come at somebody with, do you denounce white supremacy? And Vivek Ramaswamy responds with, I denounce any sort of uh, discrimination based on race or whatever the hell it was that he said, any sort of vicious discrimination based, based on race or hate based on race. Um, and like, it's not a good enough answer because you have to denounce just white supremacy. But my thing is like, does... Does white supremacy not fall under the answer? I was just going to say he did he denounce gave? it. He absolutely did. In his did, answer, he did denounce it. But that's not what they're looking for. And 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 they and and they're playing this they they play this the, the media plays this game where you have to denounce just white supremacy. And if you do, it's if you say if like if, if Vivek Ramaswamy were to say, "Of course, yeah, I absolutely denounce white supremacy." Well, now White supremacy based on what definition? White supremacy based on the definition that white supremacy means um, 
that 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 because I'm white, I believe that I am superior to any other race. Like, is it like the like the real simple definition of what white supremacy is? Because I don't know a single politician. I don't even know a single human being in my my realm of friends, family, or acquaintances that supports that definition of white supremacy. Or is it or is it the DEI definition of white supremacy? And which we're about to get into here in the, in the next video, where like just being punctual, just showing up on time is somehow white supremacy. Just little yeah. things like that within within the within the DEI way of talking. If because and and that's what Vivek Ramaswamy meant in his response, where he's you're trying to catch me in a gotcha situation, and I'm not going to play your fucking game. I I'm sorry, dude. Like I have respect for that for his response right for there. his answer. Yeah, he doesn't have a bad one because he he gave them the answer they wanted, but he didn't give them the the answer they wanted. Salacious <laughs> that they wanted. Yeah. In a, in a true political fashion. And he was absolutely right. Like they were going to go out and say, Vivek Ramaswamy refuses to denounce white supremacy because he didn't literally say, I denounce white supremacy. And we're going to get into it here in the next video of there's a reason that he didn't do that because he just wants to know what the definition actually is of white supremacy. Right. Is it some inbred hick in the deep south sitting there just in his house sharing dumb shit on the internet with a swastika flag on the wall? Right. Or is it someone that's trying to reinstall black and white uh, drinking fountains and shit like that? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, they're, I mean, they're both technically white supremacy and you denounce both of them. But I don't know. I lost my train of thought on this one. I just immediately started picturing some fucking inbred hick but uh that's right because that's what you think of when you think of white supremacy when 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 somebody in this weird dei lexicon thinks of white supremacy they think of just like you showed up on time for work and made your black colleague look bad i'm not kidding yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, actually part of it yeah i know no you know like like to me like if, like white supremacy it would just be the 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 remaining different uh, institutionalized things like gerrymandering and redlining and uh, like discriminating at the polls based on like things like driver's licenses and stuff like that. But at right. the same time, it's pretty presumptuous to assume people not having a driver's license is racist. Right. Yeah. Like things, things that are real and w the way that they do this is, is I think an absolute slap in the face to the civil rights movement, to people like Martin Luther King, who who I believe he actually said at one point, I could be wrong about this, but I believe he actually said at one point, I might not make it through this with you. W meaning like I might not make it to the end of this civil rights fight with you. He, obviously he did not, unfortunately. Um, but I, I, just, I just look at like what white supremacy means to these DEI goofballs. And I want to just present that to like the ghost of Martin Luther King and say, tell me how you actually feel about this. I think he would be fucking appalled. Probably. I really, like, like, I really what do. we've gotten to. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, it's frustrating, right? Like it's, uh, 
like I obviously I'm stealing the words from Camille Foster. Uh, I want to live in a world where no one should have to find pride or shame in their race, sexual orientation, their creed, their religion or anything like that. But when you turn it on its head and you spin it around and because like, let's be honest, white people really fucked up a lot of things over the last sure, hundred or sure. so years. I don't no think anyone here disagrees with that. But now you're using this generational guilt on people who had nothing to do with Jim Crow laws, nothing to do. I mean, except for people like Biden, <laughs> uh, who had anything to do with these different, like racially motivated laws, whether out of fear or whether out of a feeling of some sort of supremacy. Most of everyone denounces all of that, but then now it the, it's flipped, you know, and you know you got white people getting a taste of their own medicine, and you get things like white privilege. And I'm not, and, and like I'm not even saying white privilege isn't true. Any majority in any country is going to have any sort of some privilege, privilege over. When the, you yeah, look like agreed. anyone else who's the majority in your country, you're gonna have a privilege than the outliers who don't fit in. Like if I go over to Japan. People are going to be right. looking at me because I don't look like everyone else. It, there is a privilege this, that happens weird, to anyone. This, yeah, it's this weird DEI idea, though, that like, like America, like American whiteness has this unique evil to it. And I, 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 I understand if if I understand there are going to be certain people who hear me say that and go, "Well, it's really easy for you to say, Dan. Look at you, you're white." It's really easy for you to say. I'm like, okay, I gu- I guess, but, but that, you're doing the same. I- you're doing the same fucking thing. You're pissed off about when you do that. Yeah, but like exactly. And why? It's like, am I supposed to just not say it? Am I supposed to just not say? Am I supposed to just keep just, my mouth shut? Yeah, just bend because over I'm white? and just take it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't stop resisting and just comply. Yeah, like like the cops would ask you to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. It's just like. Like, it's just, oh, wow, you know, like, saying I have white privilege, that's a pretty broad brushstroke to immediately give me some, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm jaded about it because I really don't know where my privilege is short of actually, like, just blending in with everyone else. Ooh, yeah, do cool. you, so, so Ibram X. Kendi would come to you and say that you have white privilege. Not I, now, I, I, I'd say it the same way you, I no, said no, it to no, you. No, no, no. But here's the thing. I don't think you have any problem with me throwing this out there. I think you've probably said it before. Like, you've lived in a fucking trailer park for a long time. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, you grew up in a trailer you, park. Reduced lunches, free lunches. Y- you and your family have had certain issues throughout your childhood. And so, and, and I did too, not quite to the degree that you did, but, you know, we, we've all we've all had our issues, right? Yeah. You think Ibram X, you think Ibram X Kendi has the problems that you have? This motherfucker who, who who lies at BU and just makes up shit to keep, just makes up falsities to keep a job in a DEI program. Robin D'Angelo, you think she has ever experienced anything close to what you've experienced? And that's not even to say that like your life is shitty because it's not. Right. But it's because of my white so, privilege. It, it's just so yeah. It's just so interesting to hear. These folks that push these DEI agendas, they're always the ones that are actually the ones that are privileged. Have you noticed that? Yeah, a lot of elitists do it. And Absolutely. that's what's frustrating. Because 
<laughs> because of all of my black friends and all of my black family, they don't push that shit. It's always elitists at it. the top that are pushing the narrative about stuff like this. We need to like have people, representation, like so we're going to get more elitists in there who I have I have more in common with my black coworkers and my black friends than I do than any fucking white person at the top. Does that make sense? Like when we talk yeah. about, you know what I mean? Like when we're talking about uh, like relations and things like that and privilege and stuff like that, regardless of race or any sort of uh, privilege I might have as a poor white boy from the suburbs of Detroit, I have more in common with, the people that I'm supposed to have privilege over than I do the people who look like me, who I'm supposed to have the same privilege as who are sitting at who the tell top you that you have college, privilege who tell me I have privilege. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's th- that. And that is the kind of, that is the right there. What you just said is the reason Vivek Ramaswamy gave the response that he gave to that bullshit reporter who, and I don't know anything about her. All I heard was her voice. I don't know what she looks like. But I can I can deduce based on the question that she asked him. She's probably white. She definitely is white. If she's not, sorry. Uh, but she certainly has and has had more privilege than you or myself, regardless of the color of her skin. And that's why coming up with with issues of privilege based on the amount of melanin in your fucking skin is ridiculous. Does that mean institutional racism or historical racism isn't, isn't a thing? Does that mean that because you grew up in this country in the forties, fifties and sixties as a, as a person of color that you weren't, that you weren't somehow at some point left behind? No, it doesn't mean any, any of that. But Vivek Ramaswamy's point is this. If you sh- if you took a picture of today and you could somehow revive people from the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King and others, and show them a picture of today, what do you think they would say? I think I think Martin Luther King would look at today and go, man, you know, it looks like it's not it's not quite there yet. Right. It's not quite perfect yet. But my <coughs> God. Is it better than it ever was? before would you agree with that yeah i would yeah no we got a lot of work to do but like i think we can acknowledge how far we've come and that's the problem with dei right it it doesn't want to acknowledge any of the progress that's been made since the civil rights movement and i personally find that offensive but being a white guy i guess that doesn't matter and that's fine yeah Um, share those white grievances for another day bud but i feel like i feel like people like like martin luther king would certainly look at that and go you're full of shit yeah it's just it's just frustrating you know because we get we get so bogged down with all the haters out there no i'm just kidding we get don't so get, bogged don't get bogged down <laughs> we get but we do we get so bogged down and all the miners and all these little things don't get and bogged everyone, down by all the haters out there like i Thank just you, can't uh, we're getting caught up on you know, like I said the other week, minoring on the minors and majoring on the majors. We're doing the exact opposite in majoring on the minors and minoring on the majors. And they just keep the different 
sects of people divided on stuff through the narratives of stuff in the media when a large swath of us, regardless of the color of their skin, are struggling. And they just, I don't know, and when we always say they, it's like Tucker Carlson. Who are they? Who are they? Yeah, yeah. but the, you know, the media narratives, the pundits and all of them, they throw out these different uh, catchphrases and different things. And it, all it ultimately does is just keep people divided at the bottom. Forcing people to recognize race is not and not the culture that goes with it or not the not the person behind the color of their skin just focusing on the color of people's skins isn't going to unite people yeah it's 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 the coleman hughes and i love coleman i can't believe that man is less than 30 years old because he is fucking brilliant when he talks about colorblindness and people hear colorblindness. What do you mean? You don't want to recognize culture. You don't want to, you know, it's, it's white supremacist to talk about colorblindness. And I love Coleman's point where he taught, where he, where he, where he essentially says, that they pulled down, right? Not necessarily that, but just like his, his worldview. And he talks about colorblindness more to me, more, as a matter of policy, not as a matter of culture. So it is perfectly yeah. fine to be culturally proud of your black heritage, culturally proud of your 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 uh, Latin heritage, culturally proud of your Scottish heritage, your Irish heritage, right? Go ahead, say, the white say, folks. White, say white heritage, Dan. No, 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 no. Because no. <laughs> I really don't believe them. that. I really don't believe that white heritage is a thing. I think that's silly. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's um, you know. but and there is no Irish attack heritage. on it either. There's no attack there's, on it either, right? Because like 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 you just said, we still have St. Patty's Day. There's still right. Italian people waving their Italian flags, Italian pride, Italians it's so love funny, putting dude. go back Italians go back hundred years. Italian flags in the back of their cars. Go back hundred years. There was a debate over. Oh, there was a debate over whether or not Italians are white. What are they today? White. What is an Italian white. today? I would I would consider them white. I think a lot of people would consider them white. So it's so like that's just another realization of like how we've come so far with race with race relations, and the DEI crowd just has just has to keep it alive because it's a racket. I mean, Ibram X Kennedy makes a shit ton of money running around telling white people how fucking racist there are. Ibram X. Kennedy is a fucking moron. I have, I have no problem sitting here on my show and telling you that. He's an idiot. He's a dipshit. He's a grifter. Okay, that's the word I was going to use, grifter. He's a racial grifter. He's a race-baiting grifter. Fuck Ibram X. Kennedy. Just like, yeah, just like now, I'm not going to say, I'm not putting him necessarily in the same basket, but there are grifters on the white side who are catching the lowest con common denominators of society, like uh, Fuentes. Absolutely. Nick Fuentes. I mean, I, I would, I mean, this is more misogyny based, but like I would put an Andrew Tate in that fucking category. Like people are just pieces of shit because they're pieces of shit. Yeah. And it's frustrating. And like, and like this is something that's given me a little bit different perspective with having a son, you know, like I can bear this brunt, you know, growing up, you know, we grew up, we grew up at a much more simpler time. Like racism was way less of an issue when we were kids than it is now even that's because I the mean, white people controlled everything Corey. Yeah, sure <laughs> but I'm just i'm just fucking with you i'm just fucking with you <laughs> but uh 
because I mean, you're still technically not wrong. You look at the statistics of like black owned businesses and stuff like that. Like they definitely sure, still sure. They definitely still don't get the fair shake. And I get that that's where the white the idea of white privilege comes about. But the guilt that they try to put on people based on past grievances of generations years and years and years ago. How the fuck can I look? How the fuck am I supposed to look my son in the eye and say it's your fault? You're not. You know what I mean? You're but like, that's what the DEI and the stuff is like pushing to make you fucking tell them. Well, and you know? then you it, it, you don't get a lot of help from like the anti-immigration angle that you see coming from the right. So the right doesn't help the, this conversation at all. No, it doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> at all. It doesn't at all. It doesn't at all. And like that doesn't. Yeah. And we, we talk a lot about like free speech and supporting certain aspects of the right. But like. One of one of the things that is an issue here is like the immigration and, and angle. To cut you off, I'm sorry, but I think that's why we bring Vivek up because he articulates this actually. He does really pretty well. well compared to like Nikki Haley, who's like, "Well, why was the Civil War fought?" Well, that's a complicated question. No, it's not. It's not a complicated <laughs> no, it's, no, question. It's not Nikki Haley. She she but, could have okay. answered that question so easily. All she had to do was say this. She all she this is the, like I don't know how you can possibly be a presidential candidate in 2024 when the why was the Civil War question brought up and you're a Republican I if you're if you're a Democrat it's a really easy answer you just say slavery if you're yeah, a Republican you say, yeah, we wanted, they say yeah we wanted slaves the no Democratic no no Party, no the Democratic Party wanted slaves oh yeah yeah we wanted <laughs> yeah we wanted slaves because the Democrats were the ones fighting for slavery um. But all you have to do if you're a more if you're if you're a conservative and you and you don't want to just be like, oh yeah, it was fought over slavery, and you want to have like a more nuanced answer, all you have to do is say that this that it was a war fought over uh states' rights, yes, that states was that was that was built around the right to own slaves. Own other yeah, other human beings, yeah. Yeah, like that was that was the top catalyst for starting this war. There is no way to argue that for starting that war. There's no argument against that. No. Was it fought over other things as well? Yes. Yeah, there were other grievances. But the catalyst was the ability to keep the economy at a higher rate by owning slaves. That's the states did not want the federal government to tell them what to do in their states. And that, that meant not own slaves. Yeah, owning <laughs> other people. <laughs> anyway let's get to then this you'll last get, video then you'll get you'll get people i've had i should you not have had someone who like claimed to be a libertarian go uh well the gov the government didn't even need to get involved the cotton gin was invented it would have made slavery just uh irrelevant right it's like okay so yeah but it's about the moral <laughs> the moral high ground on that one i guess let's get to this other video from uh from Vivek here. This was this. I thought because because he he had a this weird interview where somehow he had two interviewers from from NBC talking to him, um, and he was he was answering very similar questions to to the first video that we played. People asked me even last night, "Will will you denounce white supremacy?" We live in a moment where don't forget a lot of the left has defined white supremacy to include things like punctuality or the written word. This is just as of a couple of years ago. Even many in the DEI Academy, in academia and otherwise, have said concepts like this are vestiges of white supremacy. 
These words have ceased to mean anything. And so if somebody wants to define white supremacy for me, then we can actually have a serious conversation about it. But until then, I think a lot of this is actually a charade. I think Steve King was defeated in part because of a donor establishment that used a toxic influence on money and politics to be able to disfavor him. But this is somebody who I believe is a patriot. I'm proud to have his endorsement. I'm not afraid to say it. And I think that that's what makes me different than a lot of the other candidates. Let's talk about what, uh, white supremacy and what happened last night for a moment. Because when you were talking to reporters last night, you called white supremacy a myth. When someone asked you about Dylan Roof, you said you didn't know who that is. Have you looked up what happened in 2015? Yeah, yeah look, I, I, I've said, I've, I said this last night. Invidious racial discrimination is wrong no matter how it happens. But if a Washington Post reporter is asking me almost like a catechism, Whatever question I said, I'm against invidious racial discrimination, whatever form it takes. It says, do you denounce white supremacy? It's incumbent on us to define what white supremacy is. I wrote my book, Woke Inc., and I've written about the detailed understanding of what the popular understanding of these terms have come to mean. Do you believe punctuality is a vestige of white supremacy, Dasha? So you think you know Wix, but do you really? Uh, played a played an ad on you. And I can't hit skip. Oh, <laughs> if you don't, then you have a disagreement about many of the people who are defining those terms or the written word or the use or the nuclear family. This is I, these aren't my words. These are the words of intellectual proponents from Ibram Kendi to the Ayanna Presley's to BLM that have said these are vestiges of white supremacy. So Mr. we can't have it both ways. We have to have an honest discussion. Straw man argument. I'm not, Last this is not a straw man. You brought, you brought up Jesse Smollett as the, the best Jesse example Smollett of white was the supremacy. hottest thing in news in the back of a fake yes. actual attack on him. That we have to contend with. And, this is and actually, yet, and yet you have examples the like the Buffalo shooter stand. in New York just in cherry 2022. Pick. You have other but examples. you are also cherry picking when you bring I'm up not, so I'll, look, I'll look at all of the statistics. More black on black crime. If you really care about actual crime against black Americans, let's get to the root causes of it in the inner cities of this look, country. The anti-defamation league tracked a 38% increase in white supremacist propaganda last Who's year. Who's tracking that? The anti-defamation league. Yeah, the ADL, I don't think is a particularly credible source so when they have a specific information. When we're talking about I would suggest, I would suggest, look at that there's a table, two by two table, a federal law enforcement data, which you could say what you do. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't believe that either. But okay. look at black the Asian FBI, crime, black on black crimes, crime, the FBI white on black crime, crime statistics. That's a, a law enforcement agency. Uh, 59.1% was based on itself. race, ethnicity, I look at absolute and violence. ancestry, saying hate crimes rose 12% between violence, 2020 and 2021. Look at the absolute crimes themselves. What they classify as a hate crime is itself a political judgment. I think that when you actually care about protecting life, if you want to say black lives matter, let's look at where black lives are actually being lost. It's in the cities at the heart of other look, black Americans and criminals. And this, and that's that are absolutely by the issue that we talk about as well. But are we supposed we to be. ignore white supremacist hate crimes? We're not supposed to ignore any kind of crime, Dasha. That's what I say. But what I see is a selective reporting. Take the Nashville Transgender Shooter Manifesto. Every shooter manifesto in a mass shooting has been released within 48 hours, except for that one shooter in Nashville. Now, it ended up being leaked. What do you see? It wasn't that. It wasn't a white supremacist. It was somebody that was actually making fun of using derogatory terms. I believe. Okay, so why are you okay talking about that manifesto and not keep talking not about the manifesto? I'm okay talking about both. I'm more than okay talking about both. But what I'm asking is why is the mainstream media suppress that one? Why did the police suppress that one? Why was that the one shooter manifesto that of all of the mass shootings, every other shooter manifesto has been released. I'm focused on that one because that's the one that's been hidden from us. And it comes back to the point of my candidacy and the way I'm going to run this country. Trust the people with the truth. If- so I'm going to, I'm going to stop it there. <laughs> that's a good face. I'm going to stop it. Th- I'm going to stop it there because yeah, that's a good, pretty good face, but 
I'm going to stop it there because like it should be so obvious. Yeah. So that's another thing that pisses me off about him is uh, not pisses me off, but it's like he like loses me because he loses the plot. He makes a good point, but then he jumbles it into a bunch of things and moves through stuff really fast. If that makes sense. He does. He does do that. But like I. I guess. I was more disturbed at the way the reporter conducted this interview when you're going to sit there and you're going to you're going to accuse Vivek Ramaswamy of cherry picking things. Why don't you talk about this one? And then he basically comes back with, well, because I want to talk about this one, you know, when he's talking about the the, the mass shooting stuff. And then right. the the gotcha the gotcha question about Dylan Roof. So I actually thought about this. You know who Dylan Roof is, don't you? Yeah, I do. I'm sure Bell does as well. When I first heard that question, Pencil neck I just prick. I just simply forgot who he was. But when but when it was mentioned, oh, he was he was the Charleston shooter. He was the guy that 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 shot up the black church. Okay, now I remember who it is. Oh, you don't remember who Dylan Roof is? Oh, so I so because I I for one second or or just in the, in the midst of a conversation, he didn't forgot, know his name. Forgot the name of a mass shooter. Like if you had mentioned, to, like, like America if, if, does if, have a lot no, of no. them. So, so yeah. So if you, if if they had just reframed that question of like the the Charleston Black Church shooting, I would have known exactly what the hell they were talking about. But because he didn't, he he like the name of the guy who conducted the shooting slipped his mind. Somehow he's he condones white supremacy. What? Yeah, that's a pretty big leap. Yeah, no, absolutely. When he reiterates reiterates over and over again that he denounces all violent crime and all racism and all like vicious uh what is it racially viciously racially charged attacks and things like that. That should be good enough. It's not good enough. That's wild. See, my- my whole thing is, how do you conduct an interview and then not even let a dude answer? You no, just the interrupt. Way can, you. The way she conducted this interview was was unbelievably unprofessional. This is not what journalists are supposed to do. No. If you want to ask him a hard hitting question, absolutely, that's your job. Go let him it. answer it. Don't let him answer him when he's answering it. But this is and like it's this like is they're the kind afraid of, someone's gonna say something too much on their show that they gotta cut them off real quick. I don't. Yeah, you can't that. have I don't understand that. You can't you have, have, a, have. Go ahead. We just have all these journalists that are just trained to try to fit everything into the half hour, fifteen minute, five minute, two minute segments. It's not only that, but like th- this this injection of your worldview. This is not what journalism is supposed to be. No. Journalism is not supposed to be an injection of your worldview. Like if I had, like, let's just say, and we're not even journalists, Corey. We're not even journalists, Spell. But let's just say we had, I don't know, some uh, uh, communist on our show that we would vehemently disagree with. We don't support communism on this show. You and I don't, don't think communism works. But you would give that person the respect to at least let them answer the fucking question we asked them without injecting our worldview. Now, we have more of a discussion type show, so we would probably have a discussion with this person. 
But we would at least have the common decency if we asked them a question to let them fucking answer it. And you have people like this, like this dumb broad at NBC that can't even allow a top presidential candidate to answer a question. And I'm sorry if you find the term broad derogatory, but I'm a little pissed about this one. If it was a guy, I'd call him a dick. So I guess it's okay. Yeah. It's douchebag. If it was a guy, I'd be a douchebag. So call her a dick. Don't assume her gender. This, this douchebag. Man. But that was, uh, to, that was tough to watch. I'm not even gonna lie. That was tough to watch. Yeah, it's brutal. That's NBC right there. That's what they do. Yeah, like no, like a good journalist just makes a little symbol or makes a little note on their notepad while the person's talking, so they don't lose that little pin and that thought. Yeah, and they save it. And it's not to say that, like, let's just pretend for a minute that, like, somebody like Laura Ingram had, uh, I don't know, AOC on her show. And just shouting her down the whole time. I'd be just as pissed. I don't want to make this seem like this is like an NBC, you know, sort of liberal side only thing. I have a feeling Laura Ingram would do the same thing to AOC. She would oh, try yeah. to play these conservative gotcha games. And it's just. Oh, like a Jesse just, Waters? Just so. Oh, you know, Jesse Waters would be even worse than, because Laura Ingram, as much as I can't stand her, is remarkably smarter. Than Jesse, yeah, Waters. Jesse Waters would probably be ten <laughs> times worse than this chick. You are absolutely right. Jesse Waters oh, interviewing somebody like him. AOC. I cannot believe Omar. he got the Tucker Carlson thing because even though Tucker Carlson was a bit of a blowhard and he did kind of the same thing, he let people talk. Actually, he just looked like he was smelling their farts the whole time. Tucker Carlson is worlds smarter than Jesse Waters because yeah. you know why? That's why because they got rid Tucker of him. Carlson. Be- exactly. Because Tucker Carlson, and, I, and we've talked about him multiple times on his show. I have vehement disagreements with him. But as he has come independent, I have been more willing to listen to him because he's more willing to actually say how he feels. And I still feel like I have vehement disagreements with him. But I respect Tucker Carlson way more than I ever did when he was at Fox News. And I respect Tucker Carlson way more than I respect this dumb idiot, short-haired white woman who's trying to call a brown guy out for white supremacy. It did anybody else see the irony in that? Yeah, that was pretty funny. I did see the irony. I was going to mention that. Like, she can't outright say, God damn it. He can't outright. No, a hat doesn't quite fit right yet, does it, Corey? No, it does. I'm just putting it backwards. You got to break it in. This hat ain't getting broken in. You see the back it's of it on too. the wall. It says national champions. Yeah, mine, mine's going to, I'm never going to wear mine. It's going to go up on the wall. Got to wear it a little bit. Anyway, it's time to end the show. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, let's try to uh, make sure we save some of these topics for next week. Do you want to do, um, do you want to do a, a quick, uh, quick, some quick polls here. And, and the only reason I'm going to yeah. say, because, because I think this is going to actually be pretty quick because I, I said this before we started the show, Corey, I think that this primary season is going to be the most boring primary season we've ever had, but the general season is going to be the most toxic season that we have ever had because I'm sorry, dude. Like, I don't even know why I'm apologizing to you. 
um, I guess I'm just sorry in general. The American people are so fucking sick of this shit. And we are so, we are just, we're so lost and we don't know where to turn next. And I'm just going to give you a quick, an quick anecdote before we go into the, the, the polling for this season while you pull that stuff up. Uh, Barry Weiss interviewed the newest uh, Democratic contender for the primaries, Dean Phillips, a uh, representative out of Minnesota. I listened to the entire interview. I enjoyed it. I have vehement disagreements with him on certain things because he is a little bit too establishment in some ways, but also very anti-establishment in other ways. And I think having more guys like Dean Phillips or girls, even I'll take Marianne Williamson too. It doesn't matter that are that are willing to challenge the primary system. I am I am all for it. But Dean Phillips said something that got to me a little bit within this interview. And I'm paraphrasing, of course, because it was this morning that I listened to it. I don't remember exactly what he said. You can find it uh, when you're done with the show here, uh, honestly, with Barry Weiss. Uh, not a sponsor of the show. I just enjoy it. So go check it out. Um, he said something to the effect of, if you're this disenfranchised, as so many Americans are, then you need to vote in primaries to change it. And you can't complain when things don't go your way if you don't vote in the primaries. Again, paraphrasing. And I, I, I heard what he said, and I thought, yes, but that's only part of the equation. It's only part of the equation. Because the other part of the equation is the system that allows a first-past-the-post primary system that is going to make it remarkably difficult for a guy like Dean Phillips to defeat Joe Biden in the primaries. Um, and not to mention the fact that couple of states that he mentioned in this interview, North Carolina and Florida, just made it, the Democratic parties of, of North Carolina and Florida just decided we're having one name on our ballot. God, I love What's democracy. That, what is that name going to be? It's going to be, of course, it's going to be fucking Joe Biden. That's not democracy, Corey. What? That's, it's, that's not democracy. What? But that's just the way things are, Dan. That's how our country so, operates. So I guess the party gets understand. to choose who their primary is going to be. I'm going to sit here and I, I'm going to pay a little bit of attention to Dean Phillips's campaign. I'm just trying to be a doofus he, devil's advocate, and you're not even biting. No, I'm not going to bite because you're you're first of all you're just joking, and second of all, even if you weren't, ah, I would I'm say that you're joking. full. I would say that you're full of shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pay attention to Dean Phillips's campaign. I'm going to be interested in what he has to say. Because uh, I, I, I did agree with a lot of what he said in that interview. You know, a lot of it was recognizing that the duopoly of the Republican Party and the Democratic Party is a major problem. But then out of the other side of his mouth, he said that if he doesn't win this primary, he's going to support Joe Biden because he believes that uh, Donald Trump is this existential threat to democracy, which is something that you and I have made fun of. Like, how many times do we have to hear this before we realize yeah. that it's He's just some bullshit establishment talking point? So much that they're not giving anyone any other option but Trump or Biden. 
Yeah. And like you, you like don't sit there and tell me that you're this advocate for democracy. And then talk about Trump being an existential threat to his credit. I'm actually upset with Barry for not asking this question. At least I don't think she did. I don't remember. I could be wrong. Again, I'm speaking on something that I heard eight hours ago and only heard once, but I don't believe she asked him about Trump being pulled off of ballots and whether or not he thought that was good. Um, but it just seems like like Dean Phillips's run for president seems a little bit flat to me. Like he seems like he's going in saying a few of the right things, but also not a hundred percent in to, to stopping the duopoly. Because if you're going to say if Biden gets the candidacy, he'll support him. So I don't know. I don't, I, I think I just ranted for about five minutes there. So I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, buddy. <laughs> we got some polling. Um, yeah. Uh, so I got some 538. I got 538 and real clear pulled up. You said you like real clear. But all I'm seeing right now is just basically just Trump v. Biden. Um, in Michigan, this is a good one. Today, a poll came out from Detroit News. Uh, Trump in Michigan. Trump beats Biden 47 to 39. And so the reason why we're doing this right now is we want to create just a baseline. As you know, it's January 10th. We got an election coming up in November. A good barometer of where the country's at now because we got a lot of things coming up. Because like right now, <clears throat> we got to make sure we talk about it next week. The border crisis is starting to stem because Biden is now basically doing what Trump did and helped making uh, Mexico be involved. And now Mexico is sending back uh, immigrants that are coming to their southern border back to their other countries. And one of the reasons why they're doing that is because we're lifting sanctions on Cuba and Venezuela. And so we're doing some stuff down there to try to mitigate that. The Venezuela thing kind of piggybacks off that because they're working on getting cheaper oil. and. They're, so, and then uh, I have a prediction. Actually, I didn't bring it up last week. I have a prediction that marijuana will probably be descheduled before elections, so that Biden can say that he did that too to make everyone happy. Um, mm -hmm. Because he's scrambling, he's fucking scrambling. So my so the reason why I bring that stuff up is just to add context because these polls are going to obviously change throughout the year. But as January tenth, twenty twenty four. In Michigan, Trump beats Biden by eight points. Uh, and then Trump v. Biden v. Manchin v. Stein vs. Mapstead. I don't even know who Mapstead is or Stein. Is that Jill Stein? Jill Stein, yeah. Yep. Is she running for the Green Party? Yes. Oh, is she? I'm almost so positive she is. Yeah. So who's Mapstead? Is he Libertarian Party? Did they pick a... Uh, no, that's uh oh god. Uh Michael Rechtenwald. That's that's the libertarian candidate. Okay, so who's Mapstead? I have no idea. The no labels party or the uh what's the other one? The People's Party or something like that? Something that doesn't matter at this point. What's what's his face <laughs> up to? Uh who was the guy that was in the Green Party, left the Green Party? You talking um, about uh Cornell West? Yeah, Cornell West. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, in Michigan, uh, Nikki Haley versus Biden. She's up by 10 points. In wow. The general yeah. Dude, that surprises me. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it, it surprises me in like, not in like a, I'm an appalled way. I just, I just didn't expect to, I didn't expect, God, she is, she is just so full of shit. She's such a neocon. I can't stand her. I know. Go for it. In the general election from an economist, you gov, uh, Trump and Biden are tied both at 43 and Pennsylvania Biden beats Trump by three. Uh, in Pennsylvania, when it's so that's Trump, so Biden. that's so that's the thing, right? So let me stop you right there, just for a second, to make this comment. So you said that in Pennsylvania right now, this is according to five thirty eight, or or real clear? Uh, I guess this it is a, really matter. a Quinnipiac poll. Quinnipiac. Um, Quinnipiac. So Biden beats Trump by three in Pennsylvania right now, dude. That's within the margin of error. Like you yeah. shouldn't be comfortable with that. No. In any way, shape, or form. In Pennsylvania, another Quinnipiac poll. Uh, Trump versus Biden versus Kennedy versus West versus Stein. Uh, Biden's up by two. It goes Biden 41, Trump 39, Kennedy 11, Stein 4, West 2. And this is where? In Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania in the Senate, McCormick versus Casey. It's Casey 53, McCormick 43. Casey was the uh, Democrat, right? I believe you're right. I could be wrong. I don't know. It's fucking an Emerson poll. Nevada versus Biden. Trump's up two. in uh, Nevada. Trump versus Biden versus Kennedy versus West versus Stein. Trump's up three. In New Hampshire, Biden, Trump, Kennedy, Manchin, West, Stein, Mastead. Biden's up eight. In the general election from the morning consult, Biden's up one. The twenty. Listen to this. Oh well, I mean it's the it's a it's a primary, but the twenty twenty four Vermont Republican primary, Trump is up twenty eight. Uh, in the Vermont Democratic presidential primary, Biden's at seventy two. Virginia actually between Trump and Biden chooses Biden. Uh, general election, DC, bro. That that the, that that DC constituency right yeah. outside of DC. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of goes back and forth depending on where you're looking. And then I also brought up some 538 polls. I thought these ones were interesting. So as of yesterday, Congress's approval, according to The Economist, has a 62% disapproval rating. I'm shocked. Color me shocked. And then they did another one through YouGov, or the pollster was YouGov, the sponsor was Economist. And, uh, I don't know what the RV stands for, the sample size, and then the A sample size, but one was 1,400 people, the other one was 1,500, and that one is 56% disapprove. Joe Biden approval to The Economist, sponsored, or sponsored by The Economist, done by YouGov, is uh, 57% disapproval. Uh, yeah, and then he has another one is uh, a 53% disapproval. Uh, this one, I don't even know who this is, but it's a uh, it's a uh, Rasmussen. The pollster is Rasmussen, but the sponsor is Miranda Devine's laptop from hell. <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> what the fuck that means. I'm assuming it's Hunter <laughs> Biden's laptop, but uh, that's who it's sponsored by, and that's a 57 percent disapproval. Supreme Court approval. So this one's interesting. Supreme Court approval. Between uh, with a poll conducted conducted between January seventh and January 9th of fourteen hundred people, forty five percent approve, 
46% disapprove. But then when it's the YouGov economist of the of the like the other poll they did, 43% approve, 42% disapprove. That's that seems about that seems about right. Right. Because um it almost it almost it almost brings me back to like the the one of the things that Vivek Ramaswamy said when we uh earlier in the show where he's like basically um stop judging based on race if you want to stop being racist like I, I i could be wrong about this but i'm pretty sure that's a brett kavanaugh quote like if you want if you want to stop racism stop being racist oh really <laughs> and that's just kind of how be. i feel it's just kind of so how i feel about you the say Supreme that because Court. i was thinking about that as this episode like we, we leaned really in we leaned this episode really into like white privilege and race and things like that and i don't want to give off the impression that we're some like white ring or right wing doofuses that uh are crying about uh like how we're the we're the oppressed race now and we're the ones being no i think stuff like that Corey, i think and that's not that it point. at all it's just it's the fact that like we know racism exists and we know that it's real but it just gets so diluted that it's it's sad because then when real racism happens for example in a story we're going to talk about next week with the 200 and odd some people buried behind a prison in Mississippi in Jackson, you know, like one, a black guy gets hit by a cop car and they go and bury him in the prison cemetery. And his mom's looking for him for six months. Like yeah. this shit happens. We're going to talk about dirty. that. This shit's it's, real. No, Corey, it's what we've talked about multiple times. It's, it's the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. Like stop. And it it making, frustrates me. It makes me mad. It really it makes does. me mad too. Because, because then w- when real racism comes out, you you look you look silly like you look like when you when you when you when you claim that everything is racism and then there's real racism well now the people that you were trying to convince that everything is racist and laughed at you yeah now you're giving them more and more fuel to sit there and go oh well you told us that you told us racism was was this big of a problem based on this statistic and this amount of things why do I have to listen to your thing that's actual real racism? Yeah, and like, and that's that's really what it is. Like, it's maybe like, and I hate I have to even say it. Like, you know, like I have I have black family and I have black friends, but oh, you have to say it. Uh, yeah, I get no, no, but but because, and it's not just. Be, not, I'm not using that as like the the uh, the back step. Like, whoa, I'm not racist. I have black family and black friends. <laughs> the reason why I hate when the it bullshit work racism. Anyway. The reason why I hate the bullshit racism stuff is because I've seen real racism affect my family and I care about them. And yeah, I want to see that bullshit end. <laughs> and what you're doing with your white knighting is mudding up the conversation. Well, I'm trying to make sure that my family and everyone just stays safe. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much what I was going to interrupt you and say. So you said it for me. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I, I, I separate the separate the curds away. You know what I mean? Like the cream from the crop and all that, all those different little sayings. Like, fuck it, just stop every not every. Well, and that's and that and that was that was kind of a fake Ramaswamy's point, right? In that I think so, and that's that why I understand what he's saying. But like, it's like it's like stop. So- you you ask you ask the question of whether or not I condemn white supremacy 
to catch me doing something. Not because you actually want to hear that I condemn white supremacy. So why should I answer your question? Because okay. the answer is like, so, it's just such a, it's just such a, I'll let you go in a second, but it's like, it's, it's just, it's just such a dumb question. It's like, we all condemn white supremacy based on the actual definition of white supremacy, but that's not why they're asking the question. Right. They're asking the question why, to catch him in something. And that's, maybe that's, that's why the, the part pisses me off. Maybe that's why he pisses me off because he does why? have substance to some of the words he says, but he's so arrogant and confrontational when he says it. He's Trump. That, that he's yeah, better exactly, spoken Trump. So his message is lost. He's losing the message. And it's no different than the activists that we see today that just do ridiculous things like pour blood on a Van Gogh or go and try to literally turn off the fucking valve to the Enbridge uh, oil line in the Straits, which, which, would, oh, good, would blow, which, which would, could blow up, which could make it blow up. Yeah, like that kind of shit. You're completely diluting your message with your arrogance and your cavalier attitude and your confront confrontationalism, if that's even a I word. But uh, but so you understand what I mean? Like, like no, I mean, so I guess you, I honestly, I guess the medium I is wrong. The message is there, but the medium is wrong. I guess you're trying disagree. to win, but as an, but he's running for president. He's not. He's not a. He's not doing this to get your and I's like agreement or approval. He's trying to get 335 fucking million Americans to vote for him. Corey, I think you would be surprised though at how many people's approval he would get by doing it like that. And so, so I'm, I'm actually going to push back. I'm going to disagree with you on this. And I think that's maybe some of what our listeners want. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you on, the arrogance factor that you just brought up. I think that is remarkably, I think that's important. And I'm going to say why the reason I think it's important that he does it in that way is because that's how the fucking media treats the people like him when they ask him those questions. And I feel like when Vivek Ramaswamy answers the question, the way that he answered it. Yeah. He's a little bit of a dick. That's fine. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit of a dick too. I'm sure yeah. you'd agree, and I'm sure that my my uh, all all of our listeners would agree. Dan's a little bit of a dick, but sometimes you need to be a little bit of a dick to to get through because he because he could have said he could have gone really fucking short and gone well. You know, I'm just I'm not going to answer that question because I feel like it's a gotcha question. But but then he wouldn't have does, got the sound bite. He wouldn't have got us talking exactly. About him. How That's does fair. how does how does that work that way? Like, you, like I mean, honestly, the the title of the show is about the primaries being like the WWE. Like, that's what politics are now. I don't love it. I wish it was a little more about substance. But like, for right now, in some ways, like you you gotta play the you gotta play the game that's put in front of you. But and I guess I project. I, I guess I, that's yeah, what I'm doing. Maybe true. I'm projecting. Maybe because like are. I feel like I could have handled it with so much more grace. And it's just like, and, dude, and and got the same point across. You know what I mean? But you you wouldn't have gotten the headlines. He's this man's running for president. That's true. You gotta get the headlines. And this is just what it is now. I don't like it. I'm not saying I like it. I, I hate that that's, that's but you get what it. our politics. I get it. get it. I get it. Yeah. I hate I hate that it's what our politics have has devolved to. And I will say this as much as I hate it, I love the way that Vivek Ramaswamy 
I mean, he speaks well. Can we acknowledge that? Like the way yeah, he, he speaks, slick. he's very, he's, I mean, he speaks, I mean, we do a fucking podcast and we would never dream of speaking as well as he speaks. He is, tr he is well-spoken Trump. And because of that, I feel like there's, there's a place for him. Would I give a, give a vague Ramaswamy my vote? In a very limited circumstance, I might, but most likely no. I don't trust him. I think he's a little bit full of shit. I hate his foreign policy, but I don't care about that right now. What I care about right now is getting the message of like, dude, stop listening to this gotcha media bullshit. That's the whole point of, of no, even playing the clips that we played. That's fair, but as evidence shows, the American people could give two shits about that because he's just tanking in the polls. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. And he knows that. But he, if he's he, you know what he's talking, honestly, you know what he's doing, honestly. You know what I think he's doing? I think he's trying to vie for the uh the the VP position. I don't even know if it's that, Corey. I actually think it might even be simpler than that. And I this may be a hot take. This may be the first time anybody's heard this, but I, I, I think part of it might be trying to get out the right message of like, hey, the media's full of shit while just building his celebrity. Can it just be that simple? Can he just yeah. be trying to build his celebrity a little bit? Trying to build his brand. Because he's going he, yeah, he's, he's he to be just able to have make a book money off of this. He's yeah, he's going to be able to make money off of this stuff. I don't even hate it. I don't hate it. He's doing a good job. I, it, Ten years ago, I would have, I would have, I would have hated it. But now, in today's landscape, I just don't as much. Doesn't bother me. Make your paper, boo. We're numb to however it. you got, however you got to make it. And 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 if you're also delivering the right message at the same time, at least partially the right message in the same time, because he says a lot of the right things. It's the same way I feel about RFK. Do I love his stance on Israel? No. Don't no, love his stance on Israel. Terrible. It's terrible. Fun, terrible stance fun, on Israel. Fun fact. Actually, no, that's not the word I want to use. Fun fact is uh, pretty uncouth. In not so fun fact? Yeah, not so fun fact. Sad fact. Roughly 10 kids a day are losing limbs in Israel. Gaza? Yeah, in Gaza. Well, I mean, is Gaza... I don't... Dude, that just goes Depends to who you Gaza. Ask. It doesn't yeah. matter. Depends Gaza is a part of Israel. It's just its own little open air prison for the Gazans. And uh, got to be careful you say that around, even. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> I got receipts. They could point it to them. Like, you know, Israel didn't get it, deserve to get attacked on October 7th, but it's, they also shouldn't be treating everyone else like shit. So, so apparently, so. I guess to end the show, Bell's got something to say. But before I let him uh, in here, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say this. There's gonna be, I would say, fifty percent of people that listen to this that listen to this episode. If you've made it this far, then you're gonna know what I'm. Then you're gonna understand what I'm saying. Uh, there's gonna be like fifty percent of people that listen to this episode that somehow think we're Vivek Ramaswamy supporters now. <laughs> Maybe you at least. You think that's true? You at least. <laughs> yeah i guess me yeah i'm about, I'm about to yeah, say I'm my a, own fucking name in again fuck it just because he says just because he says some of the right things must mean that i support him 
Uh, but no, Bell's I, got I, something I, I, I think that's what frustrates me is he, I think he is saying the right thing, but his arrogance with it, the message is getting lost in the medium. Not always doing it in good faith. I can agree with that. Bell, what do you have for us to end the show? Well, I just want to say that uh, the U.S. I'm and just the, happy to be here. Yeah, the U.S. <laughs> and the U.K. are hinting at military action after shooting down 21 drones and missiles over the Red Sea. Um, 18 drones, two cruise missiles, and one ballistic missile were shot down by F-18s, and seven of the drones were shot down with Sea Viper missiles, and those cost upwards of $1.3 million each. And with that being said, I want you to take those um, tax refund Reminder seriously and remind you that tax season is coming up. Hey, can I write that off? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you know, you know what? I also, you know what? Someone should really let the Secretary of Defense know what's going on right now. Hey, you know what? If if the Air Force can write off twelve hundred dollar coffee cups because they're metal, and I think we should. I think we should be able I'm to write say, this stuff off. I'm gonna say this: if Joe Biden really believes that engaging in more military action is a way for him to get reelected in 2024. He is even more out of touch than I could have ever even imagined. He is even with his senile ass. <laughs> Dude, I cannot. Is that fair? Fucking warmonger, yeah. man. <laughs> when, like, when Trump is was president, we had no wars. I mean, there wasn't any new wars. 67 Corvette. <laughs> this guy has gotten us into just sponsoring two fucking wars. What the fuck? <laughs> yes. That's all. That's all. That's all I had, folks. That's Please. all. No, that's good. Good way. Replace way the ba, 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 da, 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 da. Replace that with with the Benny Hill. <laughs> oh, okay. So RFK right now, according to YouGov, has a fifty-one percent favorability rate. He would just back off on the Israel shit. Yeah, he's yeah yeah like. I don't know how many how how many times have don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. Well, let, let, we'll save that for next week, Santos. <laughs> I can't we'll talk about RFK next week. Tell the people where they can find us, Corey. Libsertive Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libsertiveshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at Libsertive Pod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcasts, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Go blue for Bell the Body Snatcher on the ones and twos. He as always has been Corey Walsh. You've been Dan Griffin. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Libservative. And until next time. We are out of here! We are national champions!